What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Code Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Thomas Youngblood of Camelot. Check it out. The Ghost Code Magazine podcast welcomes in the great Thomas Youngblood of Camelot. How are you doing today? What's up, Keith? How's everybody doing out there? Good to be here. Yeah, man. Great to have you. Thank you so much for spending some time. Uh, obviously, we're here to chat about the amazing I Am The Empire live from the O13 DVD. Uh, it's a magnificent live album and uh, DVD Blu-ray package that's coming out on Napalm Records very soon. And um, just really excited to catch up with you at this juncture in your career and the band's long career. Um, first and foremost, again, I like to just make sure that you are well, your family's well, everybody connected to the band as well. It's just such an intense and crazy year. I like to just make sure everybody's okay. Yeah, we're doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, I mean, we're, you know, we're pretty much isolated. My family here in Florida, we're pretty much isolating ourselves and like we still haven't gone to any restaurants or anything like that. So we're just, um, you know, doing what's, what's smart and taking care of ourselves. And in the meantime, of course, staying busy, working on um, new music, doing uh, promotions for this, this live record, which we're very excited about, of course. And um, just staying busy because you know at some point we're going to get over this right so uh, it's important to kind of stay positive indeed positivity totally helps at this time and I know it's hard for a lot of people to stay positive but fortunately as I said before we started chatting I, I'm just so thankful to have music it's really been the only light guiding me this whole year is just to have new music to talk about and listen to and enjoy and share that's my whole my whole thing Awesome. Um, but yeah, awesome. uh, you know, right off the bat, obviously, you know, difficult to foresee when you recorded this in in the fall of 2018 that this could happen now. Obviously, nobody saw this coming, really. But um, you know, right off, you know, I feel like the label's done a great job promoting the package, and, and Camelot has diehard fans, like really, you know, fans that travel. People travel to this show from all over the world. People travel from all over the world to all your shows, and I'm sure they will again when we get shows back. But you know, how does it feel, kind of putting out this package at this time? Uh, I think it's got to be, you know, mixed. Yeah, I mean, it's um, we didn't rush the release of this this. Um like you said, it was in, in late 2018 that we actually did the concert, but we took our time to to work on the production, work on the mix, and all the packaging. You know, we have a lot of different packages for the fans because, like you said, we know our fans are the best in the world, and they still buy physical product. They they stream everything, you know. So whenever we make something, we want to make sure that it's 100% for the fans. Um, so there was no rush, but then you know. We, we started to talk about doing this like earlier in February, but then we kind of moved it to the summer and you know, the timing is actually good for a lot of our fans and for everybody that maybe has never heard of Camelot to see what we're all about live. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good time. Unfortunately we didn't, uh, it's not the best time for everybody else, but in terms of releasing a live Blu-ray, um, the timing's good. And, and I think, um, it's going to be a good uh, period for us to, to continue to work on the next record and, and to have this this uh, live concert for, for fans while we're not out touring right now. Right, of course. Uh, and, you know, certainly 
you know, again, this package is, you know, obviously, you know, irrespective of what's going on in the world. Uh, and, and the band has always done a really great job of packaging. I think very few bands have a really great visual sense that matches the music. It's, uh, it's actually kind of hard to match the music to a visual sense or scheme or, to, you know, sort of design plan, if you will. But it's, a be it's beautiful. You know, I've seen photos and, uh, you know, we already have a review kind of in hand ready to go in a few weeks. So, you know, we're, we're kind of gushing about this thing already. But, you know, Napalm also always does a really great job on, like, bundles and, you know, including stuff and, you know, working with artists. I feel like to make kind of unique things, you know, that aren't the same as every other label. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we were actually have been talking about doing a, a live concert Blu-ray for probably four years now, five years, and um, to do something that I feel uh, is a certain standard, it, it it takes a certain budget. And Napalm and also our record label in Japan were able to kind of offer something that that made it to where we could do something special for the fans. So, um, you know, working with, with Napalm has been great. Um, you know, they understand the band, what we're about. They understand our fans. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great so far. And, of course, you know, it goes without saying that, to, you know, you're already on tour and planning this, uh, you know, obviously this concert, a series of concerts to, that were filmed for this. But, obviously, you know, 12 albums another previous live concert, you know, other live albums and things, you know, putting together kind of the production and the scope of this kind of show and having it come off meticulously while you're recording audio and video pro style is, you know, got to have some challenges. Do you want to, you know, any reflections on that or observations maybe? Yeah, I mean, the, the, <clears throat> the first big challenge was getting the schedule open for all the guests that we had because we had, you know, five or six different guests, um, for this special one-off concert so we had to find a date where everybody's schedule was free and you know um fridays and saturdays are like prime dates for touring and um luckily we were able to kind of move the, the timetable a little bit to where we found a date where everybody could make it that was the first step and then of course scheduling the production um getting the venue and making sure the venue was open the night before so we could do uh, set up and, and run through. I mean, there's a ton of things, moving parts that happen. Um, but, you know, it all worked out really good. We didn't over-rehearse this either, which is super important because then you can see how the concert is organic and it's not this um, mechanical stuff on stage, you know. I mean, there are mess-ups and we kept them on the record. There's awkward moments here and there, but that's what makes a concert live in my opinion and that's why we kept it um and that's why we didn't over rehearse for it luckily everybody in the band um you know my bandmates are all top pros and musicians and i'm just so proud to have them you know uh, in the band and that's a big testament to to those guys as well Right on. And again, I, I love that approach of the sort of leave the mistakes in because it's usually the opposite, right? It's like, you know, I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm a little older. I grew up in kind of the Kiss Alive and Alive 2 generation. And, you know, live albums have always been kind of a hot mix of, uh, you know, an actual live performance and some studio, you know, studio fixery, <laughs> studio fuckery, if you will. But uh, which is fine. You know, I get it. Like if you're, you know, this is your art and this is your baby. So you care. But I love the approach, especially with all these, you know, as you said, masters at their craft as well as yourself. Uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting that you're like comfortable to just kind of like, you know, something's not perfect. And that's how it is live anyway. Right. 
Yeah, and I mean, we strive for perfection, of course. I mean, and, and you do the best that you can, but at the end of the day, it's like um, you, you, you still want this to be live. Um, and, and what we wanted to capture mostly was just a sense of what it's like to be at the show if you're not there um, from a fan's perspective. Um, so I think we were able to achieve that with the, the way it was mixed, the production style of, of the filming. Um, we used uh, Jens DeVos out of uh, Belgium. He has a company called Panda. I think he had like 20 cameras, a, a big crew there. Um, so it was a huge production. Uh, I'm glad it went off like it did. It went great. But, you know, there's always there was always, you know, the unknowns that you have to worry about. And usually it's technical things. And, uh, so luckily we didn't have any technical issues that night. Right. And other than the, uh, you know, obviously the choir and things like that, it wasn't didn't feel like overstaged to me either. I mean, you know, obviously there are some great tours and some great productions in the world, but like it felt like a very natural kind of just other than a few other things, like a speci- you know, obviously specific to this show and this recording. But it seemed like, you know, just kind of a regular concert where, you know, singers come out and hit their mark and sing and you know, you guys run around on stage and riff and, and solo and shred and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was definitely not an ordinary concert because of all the guests, and it's a it's a one of a kind, one off, never happen again kind of show with having a you know Elise, Alyssa, and um, we had the girls from Eclipse there, we had Lauren Hart there, we had Charlotte from Delane, um, but we have toured with those all of those artists many times before, and they kind of know where what they they know what to do, you know, um, so we didn't even really rehearse. The, the songs that they sang on we kind of did a walk through the night before but you know those like again those are all pro- professional uh, performers who have a passion for what they're doing they also fortunately for me um, like Camelot and they like doing you know that stuff with us so it just it just all turned out great and I, I can't wait for the fans to see it me too, actually. Like I said, if you're a fan of this band, you're going to just lose your mind over this uh, pack, this entire, the whole concert, the way it was filmed, the sound, everything. Um, I listen to this both, you know, I don't always like my uh, computer speakers, so I, I try to listen to everything in my uh, headset, which is a little more high quality than whatever's coming out of the speakers here. So, um really fantastic mix and which is also hard to do on a live thing and then I, I like to talk for a second about 013 because I've actually been to the 013 in Tilburg it's actually one of my favorite venues in the whole world I, I attended uh, a festival there Roadburn and uh, it, it's a magnificent venue it's a you know sound is pristine uh, you know was there a particular obviously like you know Netherlands is a very central country to everybody in the world when you're on tour it's a good place to kind of bring people to um, for a variety of reasons. And Tilburg's a little out of the way from Amsterdam by an hour or two, but, uh, you know, any thoughts on choosing O13 and why they were a good partner for this project and this release? Yeah, I mean, for sure, like you said, the venue, it's an amazing venue. It's, it's, the sound is perfect. Um, the stage is big. Um, the thing about the Netherlands, it's like for the last 10 years, every concert that we've done there has been sold out. So they're, the fans there have been amazing. Um, now, the last time we played the O13, I think had a little bit smaller capacity, so they made the venue bigger. So now it's 3,000, which um, which is great because uh, it's the perfect size for a concert like this where you can still do a production that I think is impressive, but 
you still keep that intimacy at least for this particular release we wanted to keep that intimacy between the band and, and the fans but you're able to see this production because the stage is so cool and the height of the venue um, <clears throat> but it's just everything about the, that venue is, is killer and um, that's why we chose it I mean it, like you said it's, it's an amazing venue Right on. And uh, I'm glad, uh, just to touch back for a second, that you mentioned the guests, because there are so many, uh, including Sasha Paith. But, you know, I, I, I love that you mentioned Elisa. I know she's toured the world with you. And uh, Elise and, uh, you know, Charlotte are superstars in Europe, and they're pretty, you know, well-known here. But I wanted to talk for a second about Lauren, because I feel like she's a little underrated at this point here, even in America. Uh, you know, she's uh, the singer of Almost Human, and um, she's ridiculously talented and uh, you know, a very inspired choice to bring her on. Phantom Divine is actually also one of my favorite Camelot songs. So just a little, a little extra special for me. Uh, but she's she just knocked it out, you know? Oh, yeah. She's, she's amazing. And what an awesome human being, too. She's super cool. Um, her band's called Once Human, um, yep. just to kind of clarify that. But uh, so we, we brought her in. We did a concert with Iron Maiden and... Um, in San Bernardino, I think it was three or four years ago, and uh, Cobra Page was was with us on that. She's also from Cobra and the Lotus, and she knew Lauren. And um, Lauren, uh, she asked if Lauren want, if we could bring Lauren to bring bring her in for March of Mephisto, which has the, the heavy vocal part. And I was like, yeah, for sure, because she was actually on my radar already. Um, and so I met her and Logan and. They are super cool people, and she crushed it, of course. And then I said, "Hey, I, I would like to be on the album," and she's like, "Okay, cool." And so we did it. We did the album. It came out great. We did the video, and then she basically did the entire tour cycle with us, which is the first time we've been able to do that with one of our guests, which is so cool. So the fans were able to see, you know, a, a very consistent show throughout the whole tour cycle, um, and. She can sing clean. She can do the rough vocals. She's actually can play guitar. She's a songwriter, so she's a very talented lady. And um, I was just uh, very happy to have her with us on that whole tour. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Again, I can't say enough about all the guests. Um, and it was pretty seamless, or at least it looked seamless on video. I know, you know, actually coordinating any kind of concert like this is always kind of like you know challenging for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, do you have somebody? beside you helping you kind of manage the flow of people or after a certain bunch of tour dates you do all just have it down i mean we have a tour manager which was very important for for the setup of the whole tour but also for that show um we had a production manager for the show only um so i definitely hired people that were pros at what they were doing i mean we we, we used the guys from the Aryan uh dvd a lot of those guys because i knew that they knew the venue they kind of knew the, and understood the flow of what was going to happen so they were in charge of bringing guests in and out of, of, of each you know each song um so that took a big uh weight off my shoulders because i, I maybe you know i also managed the band um but uh yeah i mean it just it just went great and it's like um like, like I said, you know, you surround yourself with talented people, and usually things work out pretty good. Well said. Uh, and of course, aside from Eclipse, uh, the children's choirs are really notable. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of children's choirs at this level of, you know, 
bombastic, awesome, you know, rock and heavy metal. But uh, I know the choir uh, also included your son, which is uh, yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. Let's let's hear about the choice to use the choir and then, you know, how that worked out. Well, we had an idea for a children's choir um, before the album came out. And um, I said, well, my son can sing, so why don't we have him do it, you know? I mean, it's a little bit of nepotism there, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, so I recorded him like 10 times singing this uh, this choir, and we kind of layered it, and we added some other voices. Um, and it came out really good, so we used it on the record. Um, then when it came time to do the planning for the DVD, we wanted to include that song. And... Um, I told my son, I was like, hey, well, we're going to do Burns to Embrace. I want you to come to Holland with us. And he was nine at the time, or eight at the time. Um, and he's like, yes, yes, I want to do it. And then I was like, cool. You know, he was so he was super pumped about doing it. Then we invited the children of um, Maiden United, the, the, the band that was one of the support bands on that, on that show. And they had uh, four of their kids come out as well. So it, lo- it looked cool. It reminded me of a little, like a... Bohemian Rhapsody with the way the lighting is, you know, on the on the kids and stuff, and um, and my son did a great job. I'm so proud of him. He does like a fist bump at the end, which I think is, is so cool. Okay, um, that's him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a nice. Uh, and you know, my my wife used to sing with us. My daughter's done stuff on the record. My daughter actually did a lot of the makeup backstage um, for the DVD. So it's important. You know, when you've been doing this for a number of years, it's important to have that balance between family and work. And if you can include your family in some aspects, um, I think that's also great as well. I mean, uh, yeah, so that was that was definitely a moment on stage where I had to kind of like keep myself from choking up while my, I knew my son was back there singing uh, at the same time, you know. Nice. Um, that's really great. And, you know, obviously it's clear that family is very important to you and it's great that you're able to incorporate them because, you know, the music business is fully unforgiving to your personal life, but it's great that you're able to, you know, bring them in. Very well said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a given. I, I mean, even even now, you may be, you know, I'm sure you appreciate being home, but, you know, also you don't appreciate being home because the whole world is, you know, we've lost our livelihoods, kind of. Um a few more questions for you, man. You have been fantastic. I appreciate you. Um, you know, obviously to pick a set list of this scope over the whole career, you know, you have fans coming from all over. Did you get any complaints from people like you left out my favorite song or, you know, like hard to pick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's inevitable. But uh, what we wanted to do with this is have a snapshot in time for the band, you know, to show the growth of the band especially from the last DVD, which I think was like 2007, maybe, or um, I, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, we did one in Oslo called One Cold Witch's Night, which was really cool and very successful, and I wanted to definitely race a bar with this one. So we wanted to kind of have a snapshot of what's happening with the band now. So a lot of the set was focused on the last eight years uh, with uh, Tommy Karabek as uh, the front man. Um, and of course, we wanted to put in songs that I think fans would demand. For example, March of Mephisto, especially with Elisa being able to to crush it uh, on that. Um, and we didn't want to do a lot of repeats from that last DVD. So the set list kind of wasn't wasn't as hard as you might expect because when you look at those different 
parameters, I think it's pretty obvious what, what we need to do, you know? Um, so like a song like Center of the Universe, that's one of the songs that a lot of people say, why didn't you do that? But we did it already, you know? And um, so my philosophy was, you know, to, to focus on what's happening with Camelot now and then, you know, have some kind of legacy songs uh, from the past spliced in there. Awesome, and that's a great take. Yeah, of course, you know, you want the fans to feel like they're getting something, you know, obviously it's a little different makeup of the band now and, you know, different guests, but you obviously want them to feel like they're getting a unique, special thing worth buying again. Yeah, I mean, and it's the, it's the, the current era of, of, of the band. I mean, we we did a DVD before, and we had the different guests then, like Simone Simmons or my wife, for example. To uh, rehash that would be senseless, in my opinion. So, um I couldn't, I, I don't think I would do anything different in terms of the set list, um, the guests that we picked. We, we, these are the guests that we wanted. Everybody wanted to do it. We just had to find the right night and we were able to do that. So there's definitely um, nothing I would look back on in terms of, in terms of set list or guest or these kind of things that I would change. Nice. That's got to feel pretty good, too, because, again, so many variables, so many things to consider. And like you said, you're also the manager. This is your baby. You know, you're, you're, this is really you're the author of all this. And, you you know, so got to be challenging. I, I like hearing that you're in a good place about it. I just I, again, just a couple last questions. Um, obviously, impossible to pick up and continue touring. I'm sure you lost a bunch of touring uh, opportunities and dates. Maybe they'll get pushed to next year, but um, how do you feel about live streams and uh, is there any plans to do any kind of live streaming? Obviously, you can't pull off an entire full production on a live stream with this kind of project. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at all of those options, whether it's live streams or these social distance concerts. Um, and honestly, none of that stuff looks um, cool to me. I mean, it's probably okay to some fans, but um, we're in the middle of writing a new album right now, so normally we wouldn't be touring that much uh, at this point. Now, next year we would have been touring probably starting in February, but we've moved everything at least eight months from that. Um, and, and then the crappy thing is uh, everybody's worried about certain aspects of the economy like restaurants for example which i get it you know or bars but you don't really see any kind of outrage about all the touring jobs that are lost like all the crew guys the venues you're going to see a lot of venues that are going to be closed that your were your favorite venues um a lot of small bands that just can't financially absorb taking two years off um so all you know it sucks big time. Uh, we're kind of fortunate that, like I said, we're, we're in the middle of a writing process. This normally would be our cycle of writing an album, recording, which we're going to be doing. Um, normally, I would have traveled to Germany by now or Canada, where Tommy is now living, and worked on songs in person. We're having to do that kind of over Zoom chats and stuff. But, um, yeah, for the most part, we're just trying to work our way through it and for example the next u.s tour we, we didn't even think about planning that before 2022 um and when we when, it, when we originally did that i thought oh, this is overkill but now when you look at the situation it kind of like it looks like that's going to be the case right um Sadly. so we're just trying we're just trying to adapt to to what's happening um and put all our focus into this 
particular live release and then also working on the new album so that when the time comes everything is in place everything's ready to go definitely hear you on that it is yeah who knows what's going to happen um in the meantime i'm glad to hear you guys are being productive and you know again i hope you if there's any say you know sort of silver lining at least you get some family time some more family time but, exactly yeah. i mean we're, we've had dinners together more than more than the past four months and probably our you know whole time so it's it's been from that aspect it's been good and it kind of it kind of shows you uh what's really important, you know, in terms of family and health and all these kind of things. But, um, you know, part of what we love doing is touring. So, um, we, we can't wait to get back to doing that. We've, we had, we did have to move a lot of concerts, but it wasn't like a full tour or two full tours, which a lot of our friends have had to do and lost a ton of money. Um, so we're kind of fortunate in that aspect, but you know, it, it does kind of shine light on, on what's important. And, um, yeah, we can't wait to get back to working, but for the for the meantime, I'm going to enjoy family time, you know. Awesome, man. Uh, once again, thank you so much for this album. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and chatting about the band. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been great to follow your career, and uh, I hope to see you next time in person the next time we get to chat. Sounds great, brother. You guys take care. Be safe. All right, take care. Thank you. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.